And he does that through this beast who will cause people to look to, to Satan. The role of the false prophet will be to make this new religion appealing to man. His arguments will be very subtle, they'll be very convincing, and they'll be very appealing. In fact, his speech is almost hypnotic to get people to follow the, the, the false, uh, the Antichrist, who is the picture of Satan himself. He'll be able to move the masses with tears. He'll be able to whip them into frenzy. He'll control the communication media of the world. And, and by the way, we know the Bible calls Satan the prince and the power of the air. And much of the media is involved in that, in the air, so to speak. He'll skillfully organize mass publicity and use all of that to promote his end and his plans. He'll be the master of every promotional device and public relations gimmick. And he'll manage the truth by bending it and twisting it and distorting it. Sounds like some of our politicians today, doesn't it? They'd fit right into his plan, and they may be fitting right into his plan. Public opinion will be at his command. He'll control and sway the public opinion. He'll mold the world thought, and he'll shape human opinion, just like the potter's clay is shaped by the potter. His deadly appeal will lie in the fact that what he says will sound so right. It'll sound so good. It'll sound sensible. It'll sound exactly what the unsaved person wants to hear. No hell, no blood, no separation. If it feels good, do it. I remember talking with Brother David Gibbs some time ago, and he was telling us about a pastor of a very fast-growing megachurch. And he asked the pastor, he said, it was just about two and a half years old, and the church was running over a thousand. And he asked him, he said, how did you do it so quickly? How did you get that many so quickly? And the pastor said, it's easy. He said, anybody can do it. He said, all you have to have is wild music, short sermons, and no standard. And that's just about right that we have in many of our churches today. And that's not what we want to have as we worship the true and the living God. And then notice also this false prophet is deadly in the way he blinds mankind. He's deadly in the way he blinds mankind. Look at what he does in verse number 13. And I've got to get back over to, to Revelation chapter 13. But in verse 13, he uses signs from heaven. And, and it says to us there, And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of man. This, this, this uh, uh, false prophet is able to perform great signs from heaven to cause fire to fall down from heaven. And then he also uses signs from hell. In verses 14 and 15 it says, And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the, which had the woman or had the wound by the sword and did live, and had power to give life unto the image of the beast, and the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So he's going to have the power to make this image and to cause people to worship it, and if they don't worship it, they're going to be killed. At this point, the Jerusalem temp temple has been rebuilt. We know, and we talked about it several weeks ago, about the destruction of the temple. It'll be rebuilt either right at the beginning of the tribulation or search sometime early on 
in that first part of the tribulation. And the beast, having turned against the Jews, first he's going to make a treaty with the Jews, a peace treaty, and he's going to be accepted as their Messiah. But he's going to turn against the Jews, and he'll march his troops right into the temple. He'll set up his image in the holy place and demand that it will be worshipped. And that is what Daniel calls, back in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1, the abomination of desolation. He brings that image into the temple and sets it up and causes men to worship him. This image is mentioned seven times in the book of Revelation. The worship of this image will be the crowning act of blasphemy for mankind. For this sin, during the tribulation, the Bible says there will be no forgiveness. Yet to refuse to worship will invite the wrath of the beast and will cause many people to lose their lives. You remember in the Old Testament the story about the three Hebrew children. What did Nebuchadnezzar do? He had an image of the beast, didn't he? That image was set up that looked like him, and, and everybody, when the music, all the music sounded, they were to bow down and worship the image, and those that would not bow down, what was going to happen to them? Be thrown into the fiery furnace and be killed. And this is the type of thing that the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to bring that image into the temple and require everybody to worship, and those who will not, they will be destroyed and killed. And so he blinds them to the point of worshiping this image. Do you know Satan does the same thing today? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan is still involved in blinding people's eyes so that they don't see the truth and don't come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When you're praying for your unsaved loved ones and your unsaved friends, pray that God will open their eyes to see the truth. Remember, it was Fanny Crosby, the blind lady, who wrote, At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. You see, she wasn't just talking about physical. She was talking about spiritual sight. Pray for your friends and your loved ones for God to open their eyes so that they'll not be blinded by the, the devil to the truth of the gospel. And then this false prophet is deadly in the way that he not only blinds, but in the way that he binds men. Look at verse number 16. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and in their foreheads. Now, in the days of the Roman Empire, the citizens were oftentimes brought in and they were required to offer just a pinch of incense on a pagan altar as a token of their loyalty to the Caesar, a part of the Caesar cult. That's all, just a pinch of incense, just a pinch of salt sometimes. And the Christians who refused to do that perished by the thousands because of their loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ. In the coming day, the last Caesar will make a similar demand. He'll require just a simple mark to be put on your hand or on your forehead and stamped there as a token of your allegiance to him. The unsaved of the earth will line up to receive the mark. 
Do you think maybe the masks might be a trial run for something like that? The devil is getting us ready for the mark of the beast. I read a story about a man by the name of Jacob Frenkel. Frenkel. He grew up in, as one of the seven sons of a Jewish family outside of Warsaw, Poland in 1939. One, he was old enough to remember the German soldiers coming in and invading his town and burning down the wooden synagogue that was close to his home. And like so many Jews during that time, Jacob and the other males of the family were eventually shipped off to a concentration camp. For Jacob and his brothers, it was Auschwitz. And he says this, and I quote, he says, At age 12, I was put in a group of men to be sent to labor camps. More than a year later, we were shipped to Auschwitz. The day after we arrived, my brother Cham and I were lined up with kids and old people. I asked a prisoner what was going to happen to us. He pointed to the chimneys and said, Tomorrow the smoke will be from you. He said, If we could get a number tattooed on our arms, we'd be put in work in a work camp instead of being killed. We sneaked to the latrine, then escaped through a back door and lined up with the men getting tattoos. The Jewish virtual library offers an explanation for the use of the tattoos. While it cannot be determined with absolute certainty, it says, it seems that tattooing was implemented mainly for the ease of identification, whether in the case of death or escape. The practice continued until the last days of Auschwitz. As citizens of what we would call a modern world, participants in a civilized culture that we live in today, we like to think that the Holocaust was the last time that a mark would be used for identification as a way of perpetrating evil on our world in such a large scale. But I want to tell you, it won't be. It won't be. Satan plans to use another mark during the tribulation, the mark of the beast, and it will be used worldwide. Now, several things I want to say about that mark of the beast on your notes there. First of all, the personalities behind the mark. Who's going to be behind the mark? Look at verse number one again. I stood upon the sand and the sea of the sea and saw a beast, that's the Antichrist, rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, upon his head the name of blasphemy. And then verse 11, as we read, I beheld another beast. That's the false prophet coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Now, many people are surprised to learn that the mark of the beast will not be implemented personally by the Antichrist. That's the beast in verse number 1 that comes out of the sea. Verse 11 tells us that there's another beast, the false prophet, and he will be the one that initiates the mark of the beast. The beast coming out of the earth. If you look at chapter 16 and verse number 13, just a, a page or so over, he says in verse 13, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs came out of the mouth of the dragon, that's Satan, and out of the mouth of the beast, the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, that's the anti-Holy Spirit, the threefold Trinity, the unholy Trinity that's given to us here. While the false prophet will be the implementer of the mark, 
he will be acting under the authority that comes from higher up. So the false prophet is acting under the authority of the Antichrist who is acting under the authority of Satan himself. And John tells us, if you look down at verse number 12, and he exerciseth all the power of the first beast. He's working under the power of the first beast. In other words, he does what the Antichrist tells him to do. He's under his authority. He's under his throne. He's under his power. And that power of the first beast comes from Satan. Satan himself will instigate all of the terrible evil that takes place during this tribulation period with the Antichrist and the false prophet acting as the agents of the devil. The false prophet is working on behalf of the Antichrist and he'll use the mark to enslave the world during the tribulation period. Look at verse number 16 again. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Now notice with me not only the personalities behind the mark, the Antichrist and Satan, but the purpose of the mark. What is the purpose of this mark of the Antichrist? Look at verse 17. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of the name. Only those that have the mark, or the name, or the number, only those, they will be identified as followers of the Antichrist, and only they will be able to buy and sell. They'll be able to buy goods and services to support themselves. They'll be able to sell what they have in order to get those goods. Anybody who re refuses to bear the mark will struggle to survive. The word mark is translated from the Greek word charagma. Charagma was a symbol that was used somewhat like we use a notary symbol today. It consisted of a portrait of the emperor and the year of his reign. It was required to complete any commercial transaction and it was stamped in wax on an official document to authenticate and validate it. The mark of the beast is going to be similar to that, identifying those that bear the mark as worshipers of the Antichrist and permitting them then to carry on their financial transactions to be able to buy and to sell. And those who refuse that will be outcasts to the society in which they live. No one will buy their products. No one will sell to them. You won't be able to buy or sell if you do not have the mark of the beast. Now, let me just say this. There's another thing that may be a precursor to that, and we're pushing towards that, and that's the vaccination um, certificate. There are some countries right now that you have to have the certificate for the vaccination to be able to, to buy or sell. And they're trying to do that, carry that out even here in the United States. I don't think that's the mark of the beast, but I think it's setting us up. It's getting us conditioned for what Satan one day is going to do. Satan's goal in all of that, in this mark of the beast, he has a goal. And his goal is to force Christians to make a decision. He's going to force us to continue to stand before or stand for the Lord Jesus Christ or refuse and refuse the mark or accept the mark and take the hardships and the difficulties that come with it. Now, remember, we who are saved, the rapture comes, we're going to be gone. We're going to be in heaven. So we're not going to have to deal with this. But those who are saved during the tribulation, and many people will be saved during that time, they'll have to either take the mark or they'll have to yield to the demands of Satan and face the 
If they don't yield, they'll face the hardships that will come. They won't be able to buy or sell. Receiving the mark will give to them a promise. You know, we've been promised, and again, I, I, I say we're being, we're being conditioned. We're, just take the vaccination. And I'm not saying you should or should not. That's your decision right now. But we're the, the, the being forced to do things and people are lining up and voluntarily doing it, I, I think we're being conditioned, okay? They're good people who have taken the vaccination. They're good people that haven't. They're bad people that have taken. They're bad people that haven't taken it. And you have to decide what, what, what is best for you and what the Lord wants. I'm not saying the vaccination is good or bad. What I am saying is we're being conditioned. You understand that? We're being conditioned for what the devil's going to do down the road, all right? and what he wants to do in, our, in, in the lives of those that are here during the tribulation period. So, he make it clear, he's got a purpose, and he wants us to have to make a decision. And the Christians during the tribulation will be forced to make a decision. Will I stand for Christ and not take the mark, or will I bow and take the mark and not have to worry about the hardships that will come as a result of it? There's a third thing I want you to see, and that is the perplexity about this mark. The perplexity. Look at verses 16 and 17 and 18. He says, He caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive the mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. Now it's not unusual for people who have never read the Bible and people that have never heard a sermon about it to know something about the mark of the beast. Unsaved people know something about the mark of the beast. They understand there's something associated with this number 666. The exposure is enough to make people weary of that number. For example, it's the same way in some High-rise apartments, the owners won't put a 13th floor on there. Have you ever noticed that? You punch the elevator, or go in the elevator, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14. Skips 13. Why? Because people have a bad association with 13. Even unsaved people understand there's something about this number, the mark of the beast. People today try to avoid anything that has any kind of a sequence of 666 anywhere from their phone numbers to their home addresses to their license plate numbers, uh, almost any personal number that you can think of. My dad, some years ago when he was in Virginia, had a, they gave a new, a new uh, number for their phones, and the first three numbers were 666, and then it had the last one. Dad wouldn't do it. He wouldn't take it. He made them give him a different phone number. And, and I don't blame him. I wouldn't want it either. Every once in a while, Vicky and I will be driving around, we'll see a license plate that has 666 on it and then something else. If they gave that to me down at the DMV, I wouldn't take it. I said, give me something else. I don't want anything associated with it. When Vicky and I first moved here, we lived over on Cedarwood Circle in Florence. Our house number was 7777. I like that number. <laughs> I had a friend of mine lived out in, in the Houston, Texas area, and his number was 666, chimney something. And I told him, I said, you got 666, I got 777, you know. <laughs> but you get the idea. We, we don't want anything to do with that 666, right? Because we know that it has a, a connotation that goes along with it. 
Well, John gives us a mysterious clue that has intrigued Christians for many years. In verse number 18, he says, Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. And that number has had, through the years, uh, many theories and many ideas about the number. For instance, let me give you an example. Goliath, in the Bible, stood six cubits high. His head and spear, or the head of his spear, weighed 600 shekels, and he wore six different items of armor. Will the Antichrist be another Goliath? I don't know. Some people will try to figure all of that out. The statue of Nebuchadnezzar was 60 cubits high and six cubits wide. There were six musical instruments summoned for the Babylonian worship in Daniel 3. Will the Antichrist be a, a, a revived Babylonian emperor? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> we haven't figured that out yet. Numbers in names, numbers on calendars, they've been manipulated to designate everybody from the Pope to Hitler to many of the United States presidents as saying they, they are the Antichrist or they may be the Antichrist. The, the, all of those interpretations we have to understand are nothing more than mere speculation because God has not told us who the Antichrist is. We don't know who it is. I remember when everybody used to say it was, it was Kissinger when he was in, in, in the, working with the White House and so forth. The bottom line is nobody knows what the final meaning of 666 is. John tells us that 666 is the number of man. Humans were created on the sixth day. We were instructed to work six days a week. Hebrew slavery in the Old Testament was limited to six years. The number of man is six. By contrast, the number of, that is associated with God is seven. God created many things in sets of seven. And it's interesting how many things there are. Seven colors in the spectrum. There are seven notes in the diatonic music scale. There are seven days in a week. God ordained many events that are in series of sevens. Seven feasts of Jehovah. Seven priests bearing the trumpets. They bore seven trumpets. Led the Israelites' army to march around Jericho for seven days. And then seven times around the city on the seventh day, causing the city walls to fall. The number of seven is found more than 30 times in the book of Revelation, which includes seven of each of the following. There were seven churches. There are seven spirits. There are seven stars. There are seven lamps. There are seven lampstands. There are seven seals. Seven horns. Seven eyes. Seven angels. Seven plagues. Seven bowls, seven mountains, seven kings, seven beatitudes, seven judgments, seven letters, seven songs. There are seven I am statements of the Lord Jesus Christ. Seven is oftentimes recorded as the number of perfection, while six is the incomplete number. Those of you who are mathematicians, you try to indicate the fraction two-thirds decimally, and what do you have? you end up with six, 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 an incomplete rendition of, the, uh, of what the two-thirds is. That may have some significance with 666, I don't know, but it is the number of humanity. 
And no matter how many times you add six to it, it never reaches perfection of seven, which is God's number. And without God is always incomplete. And we are only made complete through the Lord Jesus Christ. That completeness is never found until we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and have a personal relationship with Him. We humans tend to have a desire built inside of us for completeness. You see that desire in the work of a story, that uh, a trick that the children of the famous composer Johann Sebastian Bach sometimes played on their father. According to legend, shortly after their dad went upstairs and went to bed, the children would sneak into the parlor to the harpsichord and they would play all the notes of the scale except the last note. And Bach, freshly snuggled in bed, couldn't stand hearing the incomplete scale lingering in his mind and they said that he would have to rise, put on his robe, go downstairs and plunk the final note so that he could have rest. Our very nature longs for completion. Not only on the musical scale, but also in ourselves. We should use the number 666 to remind us that since the fall of man, something has been missing in our life. And it's never found. It's not a something, it's a someone. The Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And the perfect number, He is the perfect number. He is the one that can give completeness to our lives. That completeness that we lack. Then I want you to notice some of the precursors of the mark. The Apostle John did not know how the false prophet would cause a mark to have such power to divide and to conquer. He just knew it would. Here in the 21st century, we know a little bit about how that can happen. Technology is advancing almost at mock speed, and we see how the technology is used today. There's little doubt that the technology will in some way be involved in implementing the mark of the beast. Or it may already be involved. It may already be here. Or a new technology will be developed and that will be used by the Antichrist. I believe that we already are in the last days. I think the rapture can take place at any moment. It could take place tonight. And we also know that the mark of the beast will be fully employed sometime during that tribulation period, somewhere around the middle of the seven-year period. And so it's not hard for us to understand that if it's going to take place in the middle, the three and a half mark, somewhere in there, that means we could be within three and a half years if the rapture took place tonight. We could be within three and a half years of that taking place. We have no idea exactly how the technology might be used to implement that mark in our world today, but the technology that we already have indicates several ways that that could take place. The first is through microchips and sensors, and we see that increasing all the time in our world. The practice of implanting microchips in humans is growing. started out in pets to be able to keep track of your pet in case it was lost or keep medical records, and now people are using it, and they're lining up for it in some places to get that medical chip or to get that identification chip. We do it with, it's promoted for children in case your child is ever is ever uh, kidnapped or taken, and, and that if they have that chip, see how logical things can become. People are attracted to the benefit of ease and safety that it can provide. Microchips can be planted, implanted invisibly under the skin. 
They can be read by short-range frequency identification or RFID signals to enable the wearer to buy goods in the store without having to use a credit card or a cell phone. Microchips can be used to identify everybody who walks through a security checkpoint or a security door. But there's a downside to all of that. Fox News reported recently there's a concern about the wrong people accessing the personal information and tracking you by those chips. Think about that. The wrong people. You think there's any wrong people in our world today? <laughs> Absolutely. Who could be more wrong in the tribulation than the beast and all of his co-conspirators that are involved? My son-in-law used to have a company. He sold it. Had a company in which they put little black boxes in the parking garages in Cincinnati. And when you would go into the parking garage and park your car, it'll pick up your phone. And then they have boxes in the different stores and restaurants so that when you go in those stores, it picks up your phone, and they know who parked in what garage, what store you shopped in, what, what uh, uh, place you bought things in, picks all of that up. And that's already going on, and many times we don't even know about what's going on in our world today. I'm just simply saying the technology is already here. I don't know which one Satan will choose to use or how he will do it, but it's there and it's real. In January of 2018, Amazon opened a convenience store in Seattle testing new technology that could become common nationwide. It's based on a grab-and-go concept with no cashiers, no shopping chart, carts, and no checkout lines. Using a combination of phone technology and in-store scanners, shoppers can go in and grab their stuff and it immediately is, dis, dis, it is subtracted immediately from their, from their accounts electronically and they take their goods and walk right out the door and never have to go through a, 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 a checkout line in the store. Picture this, during the tribulation, store scanners reading data from shoppers implanted microchips. As they attempt to buy food and as they attempt to buy various necessities, if they don't have the mark, they'll not be approved. They can't buy. And if they refuse to worship the Antichrist and bow down to the system that's put in place by the false prophet, they will have to go without. They'll not be able to buy and sell. Just this week I heard on the news where Whole Foods in two states have adopted a palm scanning uh, process in which you exit the store and you just scan the palm of your hand to pay for your goods and so forth as you go out. My daughter has some missionaries right now uh, who are visiting with her down in, in Tennessee this weekend. They're missionaries from China. And she said to me, she said, they probably will not be able to go back to China. In China, they already have an app put on their phone. And just for them to go out of their home and go to the grocery store, they have to get permission to leave their place of residence from the Chinese government. We're headed for that kind of stuff here in America. But the Antichrist will make sure that it all takes place with the mark of the beast. There's another possible precursor to the mark of the beast, and it's the Bitcoin. Bitcoin is completely virtual money, not issued or controlled by a centralized government. Physical coin and currency are completely eliminated, and all money is electronic, tracked either by implanted chips or the Internet. Some believe Bitcoin could pave the way for the future mark of the beast. 
It may or it may not, I do not know. How and if any of these particular technologies will be used at this point, it's mere speculation. We do not know. But it could well be. It could be the precursors that lead up to it. The false prophet will either use one of these things or he'll use a combination of them or he'll use some new technology that will be invented in the future. We don't know for certain, but we know that it will be incorporated and for many people it will be too late. And that brings me to the last thing, and that is what will happen in the end. What's going to happen in the end of all of this? Look back at your Bible at chapter 14 and verse number 9. Chapter 14 and verse 9, it says, The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in their forehead or in, his, in their hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. During the tribulation, now don't get alarmed. Sometimes people say, oh, have I already, you know, you haven't gotten the mark yet. Don't worry about it. All right? But during the tribulation, those who receive the mark will not be able to be forgiven of that. And God says very clearly here that those, the same that do that, will drink of the wine of the wrath of God. He says they'll be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of His holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And verse 11, the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night, who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Look at chapter 20 of Revelation with me in verse number 4. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, nor neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their forehead or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. You receive the mark, and God says there's no hope for you, there's wrath. Many of them who didn't receive the mark, he says to us there, he saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. Those who wouldn't receive the mark, their life was taken because they refused to worship the beast and to follow him. As long as the beast maintains control, all will be well for those who accept his mark, but that will be short-lived because God will swiftly bring his inevitable judgment against those who reject him. And the followers of Jesus Christ will receive the, the exact opposite. They'll lose their lives, but they'll get to be with the Lord. He says they'll get to rule and reign with him for a thousand years. After that, John tells us in Revelation that those souls are going to be in heaven with the Lord. Now, you may sit here tonight and think, Preacher, you've told us we're exempt from that because we're going up in the rapture. We're going to be taken out. The church is going to be raptured and we won't have to go through all the horrors of the tribulation. And that is true. 
You'll never have to make the decision of receiving the mark or not because we'll be gone. We've already chosen to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be exempt from that. But that does not mean we'll be exempt from the possibility of facing some persecution in our lifetime here and now. Christians have suffered for their faith throughout history. And Christians today are suffering around the world for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of them suffering severely. We live in a fallen world. I believe the closer we get to the rapture of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can expect the devil to ramp up his persecution against God's people. It'll get stronger and more severe. Even today, you and I must make some choices. Will we be marked as God's own children in our hearts and in our actions, or will we be marked as those who are followers of Satan and his ways? Will we stand for Christ? Will we stand for God's Son, no matter what the personal cost may be that comes to us? Will we be willing to endure any hardness or persecution that may come in our lifetime here in this world? If you were forced to choose between standing with God by rejecting the mark or taking it and ensuring immediately, immediate safety and security... See, that's one of the big things that we're, we're hearing today. It's safe, it's secure, just take it. What about the persecution that we may face in our lifetime? Will we stand? Again, the three Hebrew children, you remember, they refused to bow when the music was sounded. And what happened? They were thrown in the fiery furnace. And they told the king, they said, our God is able to deliver us, but if not, we're still not going to bow. And we say, if not, we're still going to stand faithful. I remember some years ago, a number of years ago, when I was sued by the city of Lakeside Park in Kenton County because I wouldn't take an occupation license. And they said, if, if, the, if the government came into our services and they said, Pastor Schelling, do you have an occupational license? If you say no, can they come in and close your church down? And they said, yes, we can. And we said, no, you can't. But Brother Gibbs asked me before we went to court, he said, Brother Schelling, he said, I have to ask you this. He said, are you willing to go to prison if you have to? You know what I said to him? I said, I don't want to. <laughs> but I'm willing. Are we willing? If it means going to prison for our faith in Jesus Christ. As I said, around the world, there are men and women who are in prison. There are people in Russia who are in the... In, in Siberia, in, in, in work labor and work camps because of their faith in Jesus Christ, because of taking a stand. There are people who are being martyred and killed because they claim faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The three Hebrew children, all the people of that day bowed, and there were only three of them that stood up like sore thumbs in the crowd. And when the day comes when we face persecution and we stand, we'll stand out like a sore thumb to the rest of the world, especially as so many others will bow. Almost all of the moral decisions that we have to make are very simple. Either will we stand for God or will we fall to the, to the devil? Young people all the time have to make decisions. Will I keep my life pure and clean or will I bow to the pressures of those around me and become immoral and unfaithful? We have to make a choice. 
whether we result, the, the choice may result sometimes in inconvenient and painful effects in our life. That should not be a factor. We should have made a decision that we're going to be on God's side and we're going to stand for Him and we will follow the Lord regardless of the cost. Are we willing to do that? The decision may mean repression. It may even mean the loss of our freedom. It may even mean death. But if we stand tall for the Lord, He will honor that and He will bless us and we can rely on His promise that someday we will reign with Him forever. And what a privilege it will be to be on His side. Amen? For all of eternity. Let's bow our heads together for prayer. Father, thank You that this mark of the beast will not be a decision that most of us will have to make. If there's someone here that does not know Christ as their Savior, they'll have to make a decision about it. It might cost them their life. Or they might accept the ease and the security and the safety by receiving that mark. Would you help us to be willing to stand no matter what the cost? There's some here today that have made some decisions that have cost them. Thank you for their faithfulness to you and the right decisions that they've made. And as we face the closeness of the coming of our Savior, we believe that the devil is going to ramp up his persecution against your people. I pray that you would help us to stand. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.